All right, you want plain English? Robin is gonna be dead. D-E-D, -E dead. Welcome to another episode of Grass is Always Greener. Here's your host, Ryan Elke. There it is. They're dead. D-E-D. -E -D. Dead. It's from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Welcome into another episode of Grass is Always Greener. I'm your host, Ryan Elke. Find me on Twitter, Ryan, E-L underscore key. Find the podcast, Always Green MSU. Listen to us, Google, Apple, Spotify. Another embarrassing loss. Um... Again, setting records for losses this year. 30-point loss to Iowa, 88-58. Worst home loss under Izzo since 95-96. And what I proclaim to be pretty much a must-win game if MSU wanted to keep their tournament hopes alive. Does that mean they can't make the tournament? No. They can come out and run. But, again, what about this game says that they can sustain a run or make – a good game against a good team because it can't happen, especially the way some of the players have been playing, how the coaches have been coaching because despite some of the players not having the best years, Tom Izzo and his staff isn't having a great year along with it. There's been a lot of struggles in rotation. There's been just struggles of just trying to, keep the offense consistent enough and let's dive in let's just dive right into it because in their last game against Iowa it was highly contested a six-point loss on the road you could point to the free throw discrepancy the foul discrepancy of why that game went that way Iowa shot 20 more free throws in the first game than MSU there's a lot of ticky-tack fouls and so when coming into this game, it seemed like, like, hey, follow the same game plan. Kind of let Garza do him. Shut down the three-point line. What did MSU decide to do in this game? Hey, we saw how it could work in the first game. Let's change the entire game plan to where we double up Garza. We try to make the, him the main focus on our defense and leave their really good three-pointing, three-pointers, shooters, wide open, wide-ass open. Like, the blueprint was there. Like, you saw, you saw with Purdue runs the same type of offense, run through Travion Williams. If there's, you know, if uh, shooters are open, pass those shooters, they'll make the threes. I work the same way. They work inside out. Gar if someone's double teaming Garza, dish it out, work around, get the open three. Iowa goes eight for 13 in the first half on threes. Garza only six points, two of three shooting, four rebounds, two assists. <sighs> and in this game, too, like Iowa didn't really seem to go heavy on their bench. Like they went to their bench, but. 
again, like it's puzzling why Tom Izzo and his staff decided to go this way for the game. So I wound up hitting 13 threes, 13 to 25. And Garza, again, like not that impressive of like, like a really poor game from him. Congrats, you stopped Garza. Eight points, three of 11 shooting, two of seven from free throws, eight rebounds. You lost by 30 because you gave Weisskamp open shots. You gave McCaffrey open shots. Wide open threes. Grant, they hit a couple of those threes who were somewhat contested. But you kind of played right into their hand. Iowa can't survive with just Garza going off. They want you to come down low, leave their three-point shooters open, and hit the three. I speak for all MSU fans when I say, what what the fuck? Excuse my language, but you were competitive in that, that first Iowa game because you were at least closing down on their three-point shooters. And really, the only discrepancy was poor officiating. Or else he would have won that game. Granted, I was going to make their adjustments, too, to make sure, like, hey, we got to be more creative in how we get our shooters open. They didn't have to be creative when you're just leaving them wide open. And that's where the frustrating part comes in. Because, like, why are you making that big of a necessary change when it's not like, all right, you got blown out by 30 points, now you got to pivot. It was a close game the first time. You should really follow the same principle game plan. Make a few minor adjustments. Another puzzling part of that game. Why did Aaron Henry sit? It seemed like almost like after what the first media timeout maybe a few minutes later then sit somehow 10 minutes eight minutes straight played 12 minutes and a half seems like a solid eight was sat though that eight minutes was sat at one entire time and you can't have that when he is your best player and your most consistent player Like, it just, it's inexcusable. And Tom Izzo's response to that was just like, well, he seemed kind of out of it and tired in the first half. Okay. You still can't afford, like, this isn't Thomas Kithier you need to send the message to. Baron Henry, like, if you want to sit him a little more, you got to break it up. You got to find those spots. You can't just sit him a solid eight minutes and forget that Aaron Henry is there. I mean, what the hell is going on? I mean, is not another break needed for this team because they just don't know what the hell they're doing at this moment. And I don't know what's again, we talked about foster lawyer in the last episode. Got 25 minutes. Love to see 
Hogard get a few more minutes. Lawyer's minutes come down. And Lawyer only plays 20 minutes, but that's about 15 minutes too long. Because if Foster Lawyer is, what, one for one for 13 in his last two games combined? Like, congrats, he had five assists. You're still not providing anything on offense. And when there's a lineup of Hauser, Lawyer, and Kithier out there, you're not going to play defense either. Because guards are going to attack Lawyer. Hauser's a space cadet. And Kithier's just a tad too slow when it comes to these big guys. Like, he's not strong enough. He's not fast enough to keep up with the big bigs of the Big Ten. I mean, the only bright spots in the game, it's like, okay, Henry played well despite whatever minute restriction he was on. Gabe Brown is finally, not finally, I'm not trashing Gabe, but like, has fully come back, is fully engaged. Had a fantastic game. 15 points, 6 to 10 shooting, 3 5 from the threes. Block, like, Gabe Brown, like, 21 minutes. Granted, the minute. Numbers are going to be a little skewed for this game because it was a 30-point blowout. But we need to see a minute increase for Gabe Brown. Now, I saw some people on Twitter say, like, well, he should be starting. Okay? Like, no offense, but where? Him and Aaron Henry play the same position. It's like, are we sitting Langford now? Like, should we go Hogard, Brown, Henry Hall Bingham. Is that the projected lineup that that we should go on here on out? Or should we should MSU spell out Langford more and go Gabe Brown a little more? Still work a minute to have him on some possessions with Henry and just kind of let because let Rocket Watts' minutes go down. Grant Watts, we don't know what's going on with him. Um, one of, again, not, not a great game from Rocket Watts. Three points, one of five shooting all in the first half. Uh, wasn't available in the second half. Uh, same issue with him happened with Kithier a couple games ago where the halftime wasn't feeling well, immediately put into protocol. So, but again, it seems like it's been like a flu or a stomach virus has been going around on this MSU team. So I understand if there's handling coaching and all of a sudden like, hey, I'm going to put Rocket Watts in. He's not on the bench anymore. (sighs) But this team is so frustrating. It just, it, like, there's no other way to put it. It's just frustrating to watch. Joey Hauser's bec- almost become insufferable to watch. Like, it's, I guess he's okay when he's putting up points. But when you're shooting four of 12, one of five from three, and you're a space cadet on defense, it's hard to justify getting over 20 minutes a game for Joey Hauser. 
We know how talented he is. We've seen that out of him. But now we need consistency. I mean, it's great that he played well against Penn State, who doesn't really have any bigs. He faced Iowa, who has some size. And you were just nothing. Something has got to change on this team. And Tom, as he said, I need to take the kids' gloves off. Need to be a little more fierce. Then hurt some feelings then. Hurt some feelings of your players. Start rewarding the players that are playing well in the games. Because I've heard enough about how good the practices are going and how engaged this team looks during practice. It's not translating to game day. It's not translating for Watson Hauser to game day right now to justify them getting that many minutes a game. It's not justifiable for Foster Lawyer to be getting over 20 minutes a game. Foster Lawyer should be playing like 10, if that. He's not hitting open threes. He's a liability on defense. Okay. Need a game like he had against Western. It's like, oh, he's hitting threes. Let's keep him in. That's great. Hogard should be running more at this point. Grant, Hogard's not a threat offensively, but you know what Hogard can do? He can handle the ball. And he can at least get in the lane. Lawyer loves to give up his dribble a little too quickly for a point guard. It just is. Hogard needs to be back starting. If you want to start Gabe Brown, sure, over Langford, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think they're going to go small and start Aaron Henry at the four and Malik at the five. And knock Bingham out or not call out of the starting lineup and start Bingham and put Henry at the four and Gabe at the three. But it's just inexcusable some of the rotations at this point in the the loyalty for these players to get the minutes that they're getting and to continue to not produce. <sighs> And honestly, like everything, it's just a testament of what this year's been for Michigan State basketball. Like you, they come in, we keep we hear practice as well. Like they're engaged, they're ready to go, and then they fall flat. Whether or not they're engaged for like six minutes, because when I follow along with stat broadcast breaks down all the in-game stats live. I can't tell you how many times I look up and it says MSU field goal drought, three minutes and counting MSU, all of their last six field goals. It seems like they have five of those droughts in a game, six of those droughts in a game. Like they're in, this game is a marathon, not a sprint, and we see little sprints from them, and that's it. 
Grant, some of it's because of the opponent, but some of it, it's not your opponent when it's happened the entire Big Ten season. It's no longer that, well, the opponent's playing well. No, you're, pay- you're playing poorly. And we've seen some team, some college teams that they run such a tight rotation. What I mean by that, it's like when it comes to this point in the year, it's like seven or eight players are playing. Like, that's it. It's, no, it's not like, all right, we're going to get our 12th guy at the bench here for four minutes. No, these coaches, like, hey, these, these seven players give me my best shot to win. And for MSU right now, that's what it should be. It should be a seven or eight man rotation. I mean, we take our starters, Hogard, Langford, Henry, Hall, Bingham. Then Watts, Brown, Hauser. Maybe Sissoko. For a couple. That'd be nine. Like, Lawyer should not be playing right now. Julius Marble, not consistent enough to be playing that many minutes. Kithier really shouldn't be playing. I know Izzo has wanted depth this year. And to play a lot of guys in case people went out randomly throughout the season. And we've seen that with Kithier and Watts getting bumped out of games at halftime due to protocols. But it seems like you're trying to you're trying to hope that these players are something they're not. Play the best guys available to win. If one goes out, then make the adjustment. Because trying to set up like your 10th, 11th, and 12th guys on the bench to maybe have some playing some playing time in case something happens later on in the year has cost you a lot of games throughout the season. And I'm not going to sit here. I know a lot of fans are frustrated. I've seen other fans be like, well, is this it for Tom Izzo? It's it's not. It's just a very bad year to where it's not normal. And we've seen these blue blood coaches not handle this season the best. Duke's going through the same issues. Kentucky's going through the same issues. North Carolina, the same issues. It's having to adjust so quickly on the fly. And also, like, trying to go so quick, but also see, like, three months in advance. And having limited practice time. And I think that's really hurting... Tom Izzo and some of these other coaches where they could hammer a lot of stuff out in practice during the week that they're just not getting and can't do. But on the bright side for Michigan State, because we can all say that 
this team's worst quality is offensive play. Michigan State is getting three damn good scores next year coming in of their class with Christie, Brooks, and Aikens. So help is on the way. We're just in a season that we have never really seen before from a Tom Izzo Michigan State team. And that's the frustrating part. Because this isn't sitting some new coach like third year and like, oh, I guess this is what he really is. We know what Tom Izzo really is. We know what down seasons can be. Down seasons are like, all right, you're 18 and 11, like 9 and 9 and in Big Ten play, you're a seven seed. That's the down year for Michigan State, not 10 and 8 and then 4 and 8 in conference play and not even on the tournament watch. So to get into that tournament, it's, again, going to take some something from – from this team we haven't seen before, and that's consistency and beating good teams. It's coming up Tuesday at Purdue, then Saturday at Indiana, in the state of Indiana all week. And then you have a hell week of Illinois and Ohio State at home on a Tuesday, Thursday. So... I had a little faith going into this Iowa game thinking there's a possibility if they pulled, like if somehow they pulled this game out and their previous game was what gave me hope that they could, that the season could start to turn around. Now to me, the season's done. Could you beat Purdue and Indiana? Sure. Are you going to beat Illinois and Ohio state? No chance. Maryland. Maybe. Michigan, no chance. I mean, we just saw what Michigan did on Sunday to Wisconsin, coming off a three-week break, less than a week of practice, where, yeah, they looked rusty in the first half. Michigan did. They were getting open shots, and those shots weren't hitting. Their defense was okay, but the intensity and effort was there. They came ready to play. They just needed to shoot out the kink. The, the, they just needed to shoot it out. That's what they did. Like, they were just relentless for 40 minutes. And that's what we don't see from this Michigan State team is a relentless effort for 40 minutes, game in and game out. It's a team effort, this game. I know basketball is the one sport where you can have one player get hot to carry a team. But this team ain't it. Ugh. All right. I think, I'm gonna, I think I'm done ranting about it. I think this basketball team has consumed too much of my, uh, of my, of my thoughts each and every week. But that's why we're here, though. We love Michigan State basketball. We love Tom Izzo. We love everything he's He's given us his fans. Just this year's been a rough year, and it's been rough all around. From players to coaches to fans. All right, for uh, one football announcement. 
MSU added another transfer. They added uh, Charles, or excuse me, Chester Kimbrough, DB from Florida. Three composite three star, I believe, was four star and one site. Um, we'll have three years of eligibility, which will be nice. MSU had some corners leave through the draft, through the transfer portal. So not much on him through his first two years. 11 games total, 10 or 15 total tackles, three pass deflections. So not much on the tape, but hey, MSU is adding a little bit depth back from what they lost. We know Tucker's going to hit the transfer portal hard each and every year. And from what it looks like, I like how this offseason has went. Yes, they've lost some very talented players, but we kind of had that writing on the wall throughout the season through playing time. There hasn't been really too many big surprises of the transfer portal. Like, we kind of figured Barnett and Dobbs would be gone after this year. We, we, we kind of got that. It hurts because they're very highly rated recruits, just they didn't fit. But it's nice to see those recruit those transfers coming in to hope kind of replenish, not necessarily speed up the rebuild process, but stabilize the rebuild process. So we don't have another two-win season this year. We can be more competitive in games. So that's the podcast. Thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, review. Only five stars. It's the only option you're allowed to give. Google, Apple, Spotify, or podcast.com. It's what sometimes I post out quicker. Um, again, thank you for listening. We'll have a episode out later this week, kind of recapping games and previewing probably, let's say they play Tuesday and Saturday, so I'll have one out Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, as always, I'm Ryan Elke. Find me on Twitter, Ryan E-L underscore key. Podcast, grass is always greener. You can find that, that on Twitter at alwaysgreenmsu. Thank you for listening. And as always, go green. Ready, one, two. That's another episode of Grass is Always Greener. Make sure you subscribe. Apple, Google, or Spotify. Why not all three?